We got motherfucking sang Lucci in the house. What's up, fools? This is the QTR podcast. How the hell is everybody? Today is December 13th, 2020. We got like 18 days left in this dumpster fire of a year, just counting them down. I really feel optimistic about next year. I do. First and foremost, before we get started today, I want to shout out my patrons. Patrons are the engine behind this podcast. You are the guys that keep me going, the people that sign up and donate a monthly recurring sum on Patreon to support the podcast, support my message, support my various drinking, gambling, etc. habits. I appreciate you. I, uh, You know how some people have nice names for their patrons, like, oh, I'm a believer. I'm a, uh, I'm a this, I'm a that. I'm just going to start calling you guys enablers. I want to thank my enablers for helping me buy a huge jug of brandy that I have right next to me at 8.59 in the morning on a Sunday. Folks, that's how you know you've pretty much lost all hope as a human being. With that being said, I want to shout out some of my patrons, and then we'll get on with the damn show. First and foremost, I want to shout out my friends over at the Trader's Path. Pete Hedges over at the Trader's Path formerly used to work with a... Uh, let's just call it subscription service that will remain unnamed that recently got into a little bit of trouble with an unnamed U.S. regulator and Pete had the good sense to leave. You know, I'm always saying he left because he got tired of the nonsense and bullshit of other trading services and he started the trader's path. Well, Pete had the right mind to sniff out the bullshit that was going on where he was working and he left. And this past week, the place that he left uh, a year or two ago uh, recently just got a little, uh, well, they got accused of running $137 million fraud by the Federal Trade Commission. So, Pete, congratulations on your foresight and on starting a service where honesty and integrity matters. And that's why I love shouting out the Trader's Path. The Trader's Path, they trade red markets, green markets. They do daily watch lists. They do a daily live stream. Pete Hedges is a nice guy running a nice, honest service. Get in touch with them. Tell them you want a free trial. Tell them you don't want to give them your credit card. Tell them whatever you want. Tell them QTR sent you, and he will make sure that you get hooked up to try the Trader's Path. The links to that service are in my podcast description. This podcast also brought to you by my exclusive gold and silver provider over at JM Bullion. I like doing business with JM Bullion, folks. I mean, they've done $3 billion in sales over the last decade. They have a great reputation. They're honest people to work with. But I like buying my gold and silver from them for very simple reason. The first is they always seem to have inventory when other sites don't. Maybe that's just my perception. But at least from a guy who was shopping around prior to them, they always seem to have inventory in stock when other sites don't. And the second is they turn my orders around quickly. And I like that. When I would order bullion from other sites prior to uh, ordering only from JM Bullion. And what happened is I told them, hey, I'm going to order from your service. They approached me and said, all right, we want to support the podcast. I said, let me just make sure your shit doesn't suck first. I put in an order from them. They turned it around and shipped it that day. And I was like, well, maybe they're just trying to impress me. But ever since then, I have had orders go in where they have shipped same day. And I've seen other people that don't have my name on the bill uh, get their orders turned around just as quickly. So I like doing business with these guys. They're honest people to talk to. I speak to them uh, often, usually at least once a month to touch base. 
and I get a good vibe from them, and I certainly am impressed with the quality of the products that they send and how quickly they turn them around. If you're a QTR podcast listener, and this isn't some bullshit, hey, use my promo code thing, there's no promo code here. I just want to let you know if you're thinking about buying Bullion, you've never done it before, you have questions, or if you just want personalized service and you don't want to deal with a website, you can always email Kathy, K-A-T-H-Y, at jmbullion.com. She is a salesperson exclusively for the listeners of the QTR podcast. You can tell her that you want $5 off your order and free shipping over orders of $199 or more. So place an order for $199 and one cent and make sure you get your free shipping. What's up? I want to thank JM Bullion. All their links are in my podcast description and they have been supporting me and my podcast uh, for quite some time now. So thank you guys so much for being a great service and for the support. This podcast also brought to you by my friends at Corvus Gold, my friends at Traders for a Cause. Longtime supporters, Ken R., Chris Bede, Nicholas Parks, Matthew Zimmer, Jay Mintzmeyer, the authority on dry shipping. What's going on? Russ Valenti, Crichton Titus. I want to thank you guys so much for your continued support. And how about some patrons that have signed up with me recently? I want to acknowledge some people that have recently signed up. James Polus, thank you, my brother. I think I said your name wrong. Brian Farrenbach, Eugene Jolly, and Tony Prez is still in the house. Ray and Daniel Reither, Derek Seifert. And my friends at the IntelliTrade app, your continued support is very much appreciated. Did I sort this list by the right fucking thing? Yeah, okay, well, whatever. If I didn't say your name this time, I will next time. And some people that have been with me for a minute, like Ryan Otis, Andrew Washko, Kurt Woodcock, nothing funny about that name at all, uh, Brian Gray, Justin, my friends over at Voltiface Investment, thanks for your continued support. And the fine folks at Flow Algo. What's up? And Jim Tilton, I see you too, brother. Okay, why don't we get on with the damn show? Here's my disclaimers for today's show. First and foremost, I am not an investment advisor. I'm not a financial professional. I'm not an RIA. I'm not a CFP. I'm not a CFA. I'm not a CAIA. I'm really nothing, all right? I, I don't really, uh, I don't have any initials after my last name. It's just me. So none of this is to be construed as financial advice. I don't even think I own a tie right now. I'm not even joking. I don't think I own a tie. I just cleaned out my shit in my closet a couple months ago. I'm trying to like declutter my house. I was looking at my ties. I have a tie from 15 years ago in my closet. I was like, I got to get rid of all these things. The other ones have various alcohol, coffee stains on them, etc., uh, so if you're looking for, uh, that kind of individual for financial advice, go find him or her, but, uh, it's not me. So I'm not a financial advisor. I hold no licenses, no registrations, no SEC things, no FINRA things. Uh, I pretty much just don't exist in terms of credible financial advice. So stay as far away from what I say as possible. The same goes for my next guest, Neither of us uh, are putting out financial advice. This is just an open-minded discussion between two knuckleheads on a Sunday. This podcast also has a three-drink minimum. I'll let you figure that one out on your own, how to get that done. And by the way, I don't just encourage it for my listeners. I actively participate in it, which is what makes things so fucking fantastical here. All right. All right, longtime podcast supporter and longtime friend of mine, Mr. Sang Lucci is on the line. I'm very optimistic about having motherfucking Sang Lucci in the house because last time I had him on, I felt like he was distracted and he was doing other things. 
And I was like, listen, man, if you don't want to fucking talk to me, don't talk to me. That's fine. I don't care. You know we're going to be friends. We're fucking lifers anyways. But this time, he reached out to me a couple days ago, and he was just like, send me a message. Like, dude, we got shit to talk about. So, here you are. What's going on? (laughs) How are you, Chris, man? It's good to hear you again, and it's good to be on the podcast again, man. Yes. Happy holidays, etc. Absolutely. Absolutely. This year almost behind us, finally. What? Yeah, man, I'm kind of excited. I kind of excited. I shut down everything, man. I shut down the whole. I shut down the whole thing, man. I'm gone, man. So I'm gonna go to Orlando, man. Hang out. Until, hang out with the until kid. When? When are you done? Until and uh, probably January, January and change. And uh, you know, just try to figure out what the focus is for 2021, and try to figure out how to stick and move, man. How good does it feel to just shut it down for a couple of days, man? Honestly, it feels amazing, man. It feels am- every time you do it, it feels amazing. But every time, I guess that's kind of one of the things we're gonna end up talking about today, man. It's like every time you take that break, it's like any man who is extremely active, it becomes increasingly difficult to become inactive. Right. And we almost just don't even we don't even understand it. We don't even understand it. It takes a whole good amount of time to adapt to being inactive. So while in inactivity, our brains are just already wired and we're already just waiting for the next thing or, or planning the next thing or, or, or you know, and we're, we're, our minds are still super active even while we're, we're trying to be inactive. And it's difficult, man. It's difficult to to check out, man. Yeah, you get into this mindset if you're like you are, man. I know you grind every day. I mean, I see yeah. you on Twitter every day. I do the same. I was actually just talking to somebody the other day. You know, I don't think I've taken off more than two days consecutively, if that, in years. I mean, I can't I can't even remember. It's been a long, long – I've traveled. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I've gone places. Uh, yeah. You know, I just worked through Thanksgiving weekend. I worked on Labor Day weekend. You know, I'm I'm going to events and shit, but I'm putting in five, six, seven hours in the morning before I get up and yep. get started and stuff too. And it's it's incredible. I feel the same way with my jujitsu training too. Once you stay very active in doing something, you get yeah. locked in this mindset where you equate more with better. And yes. I was just reading an article last week about taking a rest in terms of training and how some of the best IBJJF black belts in the world, they'll take a week off and just let their body heal. And I'm like, I've, I don't think I've ever done that since I've started training, but yeah, we're just talking about a week. I mean, sometimes when I take a break from tennis and I come back, I'm way better, man. I'm Mm -hmm. way better. So, you know, it's like, it's like. I don't know, man. We haven't figured out a way to quantify the whole rest work cycle to the point in which our our, our body, you know, we can understand how our bodies freaking, you know, need, you know, what kind of time our bodies need, what kind of rest our bodies need, what kind of mind state we need to be in so that we come back. And then we could just follow that kind of system versus just winging it <laughs> like all of us are doing. We're all out here just winging it and saying, all right, dude, I'm overwhelmed now. Okay, now's the time to take a break. Then you come back. It's like, oh, shit, I'm overwhelmed again. Now it's time to take a break. We always go to that extreme, man. We always go to that extreme kind of push and pull, you know, mindset. 
where I, say, I think the focus me for tw- for 2021 is figuring out this sort of stoicism concept of being in the moment of super activity and super inactivity and still feeling exactly the same somehow. I don't know how to get there. <laughs> I have no idea how to get there, well, but I that think is it a place comes, that I would love to be. I think it comes with understanding that the rest is actually, you know, you're still contributing to your overall productivity by sure. resting. You know, in sure. in other words, your your rest is all a part of your plan to get better. And just like, yeah. you know, with jujitsu or I run also, just like a break can let my leg muscles fully heal or my neck muscles fully heal. Mentally with trading, it's the same concept. You're allowing same concept. Yeah, you're allowing your your mind to kind of realign and refocus. And yep. when you sit back down, you're going to look at things very differently than when you looked at them when you were caught up in the day to day. So I think, <clears throat> you know, you kind of have to, yeah, you kind of have to make peace with the fact that that is, that's part of an effective plan, right? To, yeah, to better that's yourself. The path. Exactly. And then prioritizing that. But I guess where I fall short is that in the heat of the moment, especially with trading, you know how it goes. And in the heat of the moment, you know, you you start getting trapped, man. I got to tell you some stories, man. I mean, there's some there's some stories, man, now that I got this office and now there's, you know, 10 or 12 traders sitting in here every single day. And I and I watch them now. I'm like a part of their lives. Right. Because now you're sitting next to somebody. It's it's versus you know, just sitting in a damn chat room, which is what we're, you know, if you're sitting in a damn crypto discord chat and you're, <laughs> you know, you're texting away, it's completely different. You know, when you feel the energy of a trader that's next to you and everybody is on so many different levels and I watch their lives, I watch what's going on, I watch my own lives and bro, we, it's pretty crazy, man. It's pretty crazy how one little event or, or some energy can come in here and shape the vibe of the whole office. And now all of a sudden everybody is trading one particular thing or everybody is kind of, you know, trying to, trying to short the top of some, some crazy small cap mover. You know, it's wild how quickly the energy can turn when you're all sitting here next to each other. It's yeah. wild, man. And that's that's like when I talk to these guys like uh, Jack Barugian <clears throat> or these former uh, floor traders. Yeah, they talk yeah. about the same thing. Yes, yes. You'd ask some the of them, "Hey, cats. how do you how do you trade?" And they say, "Well, we would just kind of take inventory of what the energy was like on the floor, and if Bingo. people if people were buying them, we were buying them, and if they were selling we them, were we were selling them. It didn't matter if they were fucking cattle futures." Or frozen concentrated orange juice, you know, when when the when the vibe in the pit picked up, everybody, yep. you know, the the hair on your arms kind of stood up, and and that's the difference yeah. between that and trading online, probably versus what you're talking about, which is, uh, yeah. you know, trading online versus with people. Do, do you find too that when there's people in the room, there's a heightened sense of accountability? You know, if you're on your own, kind of trading, you can kind of convince yourself, like, all right, now's a good time to fuck everything up. But when you, <laughs> when you look around and you see people staring at you like, all right, well, am I fully prepared to have a complete and total mental breakdown in front of these people here? Does that does that help deter you from that? Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. Like me, for, for example, like if I come in here after having a good morning 
and I come in here ready to go, like my energy is vib- I'm vibrating pretty, pretty high. So I can kind of take hits. I can kind of keep it moving. I can motivate the people next to me too. I can motivate the whole office and be like, yo, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. It's all good, man. Just keep watching this thing. Keep watching this thing. And then there's a whole, yeah, man, there's a whole accountability thing. There's a whole kind of camaraderie thing that we kind of lost from those pit days that we kind of lost from those prop trading days that we kind of lost from, you know, having that kind of world out there. And I think after that show billions and after me just kind of sitting around wanting that kind of community and realizing so many traders are just lonely sitting at their freaking houses. That's kind of why I created this. I had no idea if people would actually show up and gen one, we're packed, bro. We're packed over here. You know, and I have no idea what this is. I don't I don't know. I just decided to do an, an experiment, threw a couple hundred thousand dollars together to buy freaking, you know, monitors, computers and all this kind of stuff and pour some floors and build out an office. And now all of a sudden it's packed, man. And that's during freaking COVID. So, you know, I'm I'm, I'm over here now thinking, hey, maybe we need to go back to this model, put one in New York, put one in Boston, put one everywhere. And let's just see what. So let's just see how it shakes out. I don't know, man. I don't know. But you're absolutely right with the accountability thing. I mean, it's 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 a it's a it's a huge thing. It helps you kind of morph your trades. It helps you kind of shake off things. It helps you, you know, hedge when you need to. Like so many people here, young folks here in Puerto Rico, you know, they're learning so much just sitting here in this office and feeling that vibe. And it's kind of unquantifiable. I can't. I can't go online and be like, okay, this is the value of this particular office. You have to see it. You have to feel it just like they did in the pits. So let's, let's be real about it. Tell me, yeah. first off, uh, how, many, how many months have you been doing this now? Has it been a year where you kind of got this collective it's, of traders? It's, kind, it's almost been – I mean, I had this thing built out by January. COVID hit, and then we were just shut down. So we never really got up and running until like June. So okay. it's only been like six months. All right. So what's been the biggest? Uh, what's been the biggest kind of blow up? The biggest negative so far? You get any aggression at any points from anybody? You get any volatility? 100%. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. The Tesla mostly. I mean, it's 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 mostly the Tesla. There's been a few of those small cap wild freaking things that one of my uh you know there's a dude in here who manages a, a a pretty pretty big portfolio and he got stuck in some 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 aggressive small caps that just went absolutely insane on him and that kind of shaped the vibe of the of the of the whole office and then tesla tesla was a freaking tesla was a freaking big one i'm pretty good at containing it you know but sometimes bro my energy is 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 off as well you know if i'm down 200 grand 300 grand I try to kind of play it off like, hey, you know, everything's all good. Everything's all good. But, you know, people can feel it. People can feel it. People can sense it, you know. And when they do, the vibe changes here, you know, pretty quickly. It dampers pretty quickly. Like if I'm not doing well, <laughs> like, you know, it it, it, it dampers pretty quickly because I'm very vocal. I'm very active, you know. So, yeah, it's been, it's been pretty hectic, man. You'll hear a lot of freaking screams, yells, <laughs> a lot of cries, all that kind of stuff, man. Yeah, well, learning to deal with those days and suck it up and, you know, internalize yeah. it. Hopefully you're dealing with it mentally uh, the yeah. right way. But that's part of the game, too. I mean, is taking those yep. hits yep. and then being able to go to the post office the same day to mail a letter and not lose your <laughs> shit on the woman who's putting the stamp on your envelope, you know? I said first class, motherfucker! You know, like, 
you, you can't do that. You know, you have to kind of, you have to be able to deal with that. And that's just, I think that's it's part hard. of a, yeah. And that's part of a bigger it's thing. Hard. I think that we're struggling with in general, which is just dealing with discomfort. I don't think our nation is doing very well dealing with any kind of discomfort. I was thinking about this the other day related to monetary policy and how we're, you know, just printing all of this money to try to fake as though there's an economy when there isn't. And why are we doing that? Well, we're doing that because we're just we're incapable of handling the discomfort of a recession. And yeah, the further we become incapable of handling discomfort, the more volatile we become when we are inevitably forced to deal with discomfort. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you know, you, you made that point of, you know, you take a $200,000 loss and you, you have to go to the post office to do some shit. Like, that's happening to me increasingly because of my workload, because of, you know, what I choose to kind of throw on myself. And, and like, I'll give you an example, right? I had this one, I had this one day where, like I, I invested in a in a in a hemp project down here in, in Puerto Rico, and they Who were hasn't about done to close. That? <laughs> <laughs> Who hasn't invested and, in the old hemp project? <laughs> so they want to convert. They want to convert to CBD, CBG, and then you know the, the Puerto Rico just got the the go ahead maybe six months ago or this year to you know distribute worldwide, right? So I'm like, all right, you know, I'll throw some cash at this. Let's 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 see what's up. And then it increasingly started to grow. So I first started to throw a hundred, another hundred, another hundred. Next thing you know, I'm a half a million deep. Now they were going to close this big round. And basically, I was going to get my money back, and I was going to be able to just rock out with equity, just a small, you know, small portion of equity. That way, you know, if it hits, you know, I get paid. But the worst comes to worst, boom, I get my money back. Now, the one of the owners of the project, he passed away in at night. He, he passed away, and and the the folks who were going to close the, the the big round that they were trying to raise, that you know, they were betting on him. So that that deal went through. I can't get my money back now. Now, granted, rest in peace to the parties involved. You know, it's a, it's a sad thing that happened. And now all of a sudden, picture me at 9, 9.30 in the morning. I got I got a million bucks at risk, you know, while I'm trading. This guy walks into my office to give me this story. I got to deal with that, right? It's friggin' 9.30. Now, you know, fast forward to 10 o'clock. I got two traders here that basically I've taught to trade a particular strategy and they trade that strategy. Now, one of them gets stuck in something. He's fearful or whatever. And if I'm not there to manage that those kind of emotions, you know, that also blew up in my face that same day. Then I get some people walking in my door to ask me for some favors. Yo, send me some cash for BTC, uh, you know. And, and then on top of that, I got all this kind of other personal stuff going on. And by the time 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock runs around, I'm not even looking at the million dollars of risk that I got on the table. And I take a $200,000 loss. You know, those days, those days right there where I have absolutely no control <laughs> over, over, over what is happening with all the projects, you know, that I have going on. Those are the times where I sit back and I think like, yo, what the fuck am I fucking doing? What am I fucking doing right now? You know? And then I so, so then you start planning for this stuff. Like, okay, I got an assistant. Like, okay, I gotta get I gotta get a I gotta get a developer in here so I can I can write some programs here to save myself from myself kind of thing. So that's kind of where I'm at, bro. So how do you manage your my emotions are flying all over the place. I'm irritable, you know, I'm irritable with the people that 
I need to not be irritable with in the heat of the freaking moment. And, yo, it's so easy to lose yourself in those moments, man. You know, you lose yourself in 10 minutes or 20 minutes. It's going to show, man. It's going to show in your performance. It's going to show in your life. It's going to show to the people that you love, you know. And and I'm just kind of going up and down these the, the, these days, you know, just trying to, trying to get through each day, bro. <laughs> yeah, and a huge part of managing risk is being able to – and it's not just managing risk. This is this holds true for life in general, for having emotional intelligence, social intelligence, dealing with people, having effective relationships. So much of it is being able to recognize when you feel that trigger that is going to set you off or if you've already yep. been set off. Yep. Everybody has yep. a path that yep. they start to walk down where the bad decisions just start to flow like water. Whether you're trading yep. and you start chasing something because you weren't paying attention and yep. you're pissed at yourself so you want to chase it, you want to make it back, or <clears throat> whether you're in the midst of a, of a relationship yep. and that is flying off the handle. Something's going south and you can feel yourself just ready to snap and just say, Oh, fuck it. It's over. Some shit like that. Yep. Um, or <clears throat> whatever excuse you're telling yourself to go out and participate in whatever kind of behavior that is not beneficial. That's not enriching your life. So much of it, so much of growing and moving yep. forward is that first step of recognizing when you're in that mindset and, and and it's so much harder to do than yeah. I'm making it sound like, because you can also recognize it and, and your, your manic state or whatever can just plow right over it and say, you know, it's nice that you recognized it, but fuck it. You know, we're going to go yeah. in and we need to buy a hundred lot of these or whatever. And so, yeah. uh, yeah. you know, how do, how do people get to that spot where they, are able to step back and recognize yeah. those triggers and when they feel like that. I mean, it's it's like an existential, very meta yeah. type of uh, solution, right? How how do people get the get the mental horsepower to be able to do that? Yeah, and 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 you know, this is a great segment because this is one of the things that I really wanted to talk to you about. We're in twenty twenty. You know, we're we're a year into this. We're a year into COVID. Everybody is so much more fearful. I think as much, if not more so, than when we started. And then you have this woke culture that I'm I'm now hearing from all the time. We, you know, when you go online and everybody is having these types of conversations, right? We're all talking about awareness. We're all talking about reprogramming ourselves. We're all talking about being woke, and you know. Yo, literally today, today, yesterday alone, I had four people ask me for my connect for mushrooms. And all of these people are either, you know, traders, high performers or whatever. Every event that I've gone to, social event that I've gone to this year, you know, albeit at 30 percent capacity, we, you know, those are the conversations that I'm having. Everybody is trying to get on that wave. But then you have the culture of that sort of okay, yeah, we're all trying to be woke here and and everybody's kind of speaking like they have the answers and like, okay, let's go take some mushrooms or let's go take some this or let's go take some that and do and telling stories of yo how they how they how they overcome something in their past and they and they've been able to move forward. 
you know, and then all I see after, especially for myself as well, who I consider to be somewhat woke, and all I see is me making the same mistakes that I was making right. before before I was I considered myself, okay, now I'm woke or whatever. You know what I'm saying? I'm still making the same damn mistakes. The same damn mistakes. And yes, I'm totally aware of them. Fine. Okay. You wanna you wanna you know, let's all say, okay. We're aware of these mistakes that we're making, but I'm still freaking making them. <laughs> I'm still making them every fucking day, Chris, bro. And it's and it's like kind of that thing where I look back and some days I'm like, dude, it's okay. You're gonna make these mistakes. It's all good. We, you know, we can we can we can patch it up. We can patch it up. It's all good. And then other days, bro, I'm just a mess, a complete fucking mess. Well, do you feel like and, you and, feel like incrementally though you're moving in the right direction? You feel like you're absolutely you, know, you better off than you were a year ago. Yeah, absolutely. And that's all I can go on, man. That's all I can go on, man. And that's it. You know, the show must go forward. But guess what the show is? The show is that constant push and pull of us wanting things. And the second we start wanting things, you know, that's when the stress starts. That's when all the pain starts. That's when all the pleasure starts. That's when all the shit starts. And, you know, you either you either accept that's what you asked for or you fight it or you fight it. And Growth is a, you know, growth doesn't just happen overnight, especially serious, profound, emotional, mental, uh, you know, career, that that type of growth, it just doesn't happen overnight. It's not one of those things where you wake up one morning and you're like, ah, I fucking achieved nirvana and I am, uh, <laughs> I'm enlightened. No matter how many mushrooms you take, trust me, I'm gonna <laughs> tell you that firsthand. I mean, you may come out of the... You may uh, you may look at things a little bit differently, and they may sure. help ac- accelerate. But really, profound, profound human emotional growth is not instantaneous. It's like a stock chart, right? If you sure. look at a chart of your performance, every once in a while, these people post these charts online of you know, oh, how I turned you know twenty five thousand into five hundred thousand in ten years, and even the the legit ones I'm talking about, guys that I know that have done this and you know I have friends that have done it and I, and I look at their charts and you don't see a line that goes straight up and and to the right you see peaks and valleys yeah. and peaks yeah. and valleys and yeah. I always yeah. I always it's messy I was it's messy on the way to that you know that chart that chart just like ourselves we're messy it's messy bro it's yeah. it's that up and down peaks and valleys and I always find myself wondering when I look at it and I see, all right, well, he started with 25, Lucci. And then yeah. he got then he got to 80. Yeah. But before he went to a hundred, he yeah. went he went from 80 to 55. Yep. And you start thinking, what was the mindset like there? Because it certainly yeah. wasn't, oh, I'm on my way to five hundred. It's <laughs> you know what I mean? It's oh, I just took yep. a fucking forty percent drawdown. Yeah. Right? And yep. so when you zoom Absolutely. out and you look at that. I hate to keep bringing things back to jujitsu, but jujitsu is the same way. It's peaks and valleys, right? You yeah, have yeah. you have sessions where you go in and you spar and you fucking yep. tap everybody you roll with and you feel like a stud and you feel incredible. And then there's days that are just demoralizing where, you, you know, some white belt on, on his first trial class comes in and, and makes you feel like you've never trained before in your life. But they all, my, my, uh, my coach said to me, Peaks and valleys. That's what he said to me when I first started trading. It's peaks and valleys. <laughs> Just get used to it. And it's the same with trading, right? Yeah. You're going to experience yes. those drawdowns 
in your jujitsu training, in your relationships, in your family life. You're going to experience those drawdowns, but you just got to hope that incrementally you're heading in the right direction, right? Uh, yeah, absolutely. In, 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 in life as well. And I, and I, and at this whole year, I've been trying to look at the situation like, you know, this is the human experience, right? And, and, and this is my, this is my experience with it. And to find joy in all these moments and to look at this, like, dude, I'm, it's, it's, it's a privilege or it's a gift to even be able to feel this. So enjoy it, try to enjoy it. And then I'll go, you know, some days I will. And then other days, <laughs> I'm in the shit, man. I'm in the shit and I'm feeling absolutely freaking miserable <laughs> until the next time I try to I, I achieve that same mental state, you know, and I try to stay there as long as possible, man. But, the, you know, that push and pull can can get pretty hard, man. But I'm trying, man. I'm trying. And, and, and to be honest, you know, looking back at all these things and looking back at where I am right now, it's amazing, man. It's amazing. It really is amazing. The shit that I'm able to do, the shit that I'm planning on doing. It's fucking amazing, man. It's so important to look back. I, you know, one of my best friends, a guy that I work with, uh, always is just forward, 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 forward. You know, if we don't, if we don't, if we don't keep going, if we don't raise the bar, if we don't push it, if we don't keep the pace, if we don't double the pace next year, you know, what are we doing? And there's something to be said for that because I'm, I'm wired like that too. And that makes a lot of sense. But just recently, maybe over the last couple of years, Every once in a while, I stop to smell the roses and I say, yeah. holy shit, man, look at what we did last year. Are you fucking kidding me? Like, you know, <laughs> and, and just kind of stare in awe and amazement at, at, you know, our productivity. And uh, and I think that that's important and can get lost. I think. Yeah, if, I think it's a you know nece- how it can get necessity. lost. You know how it can get lost really quickly, and you know what I'm noticing too from a lot of the traders that are here, and just you know people in general, is the constant. You know, the woke culture has us asking why a lot. It has us asking like, why are we doing what we're doing? Why is this person the way they are? Why is you know why are we fearful? Why are why are this? Why you know that question in and of itself, and trying to figure out the answer to that freaking question. Sometimes it just puts you in this rabbit hole of freaking you know, existential slash friggin', uh, you know, moment to moment. It's just intensive kind of thought that just puts you in a place where you can't even move. You don't even believe in anything anymore. I hit that point at some point this year. And I was just like, why am I even, why am I doing any of the things I'm doing? And it's the, it's that constant kind of area or it's that constant kind of mental state that I'm in where sometimes I'm just, I don't even know what the hell it is that I'm doing or why I'm doing what I'm doing. And then I have to kind of figure it out again. I have to kind of, you know, come to a conclusion, the same conclusion over and over and over and over that this is just what it is. (laughs) And I have to just keep going, bro. And it's just, sometimes it gets tired. I get tired, bro. I get tired, man. It's wild too, because you're, in the interim, you're doing well financially, right? So you're stacking, right? You're yeah. stacking up this money, and you have yeah. people that think, "Oh man, if I if I could only flip my ten dimes into fifty, yeah. I'd be set. If I could only flip my fifty into a hundred, then I'd be chilling. Yeah. If I could only take a hundred to a million, I could finally pump the brakes. If I could only take yep. a million and make it five, I could finally pump yep. the brakes. But the the yeah. truth of the matter is, no, and you know, I don't. I don't I have not amassed the the wealth that you have, but the truth of the yeah. matter is the more money you make, 
you still deal with these same big existential questions. You still worry about growth. You still, you know, there's problems that money can solve. I was just having this conversation with a friend the other day. I had a fucking carpet I had to get rid of, okay? (laughs) And I brought it down to the curb on what I thought was bulk trash day, and it wasn't. And it stayed outside, and it rained that night, and the carpet was so big I couldn't move it back inside or back on my porch on its own. And then I had a neighbor come over and complain to me, oh, you know, the condo association is going to fine me $150 if you leave it out there. So I'm like, fuck, I got to fucking deal with this thing now. And I'm thinking, yep. all right, well, it's Wednesday and I know bulk pickup is tomorrow, but in yep. the, what are the odds this neighbor is going to come back over or they're going to issue her a fine or I'm going to have to fucking write a letter to the condo, the association, whatever, blah, 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 blah. I just picked up the phone and I called this, you know, local junk service. I said, listen, I got a carpet here that it would take probably under 25 seconds for two people to just pick up and throw on a truck. I said, yeah. can you guys come out and get it? The guy's like, well, you know, we, we have a, we have a minimum. Unfortunately, the minimum's $129, yep. you know, I said, but just get yep. here. Just fucking do it. That trip. <laughs> when I saw you in Vegas, the, yeah. the, the trip, when I saw you in Vegas, then the yeah. morning I was getting ready to leave for the airport. And I was in Vegas for 10 days that year. Cause I, I did three different conferences. The morning I was getting ready to leave, I went downstairs, I'm standing at the sink, I'm doing the dishes or something, all of a sudden, oh, I feel a little something on my feet, what is that, what is that, is it water, there's water on my feet, oh, that's interesting, what's water doing on my feet, oh, maybe I should just take a look under the sink, I open the door to (laughs) under the sink, it's a fucking pool, it's an ocean under my sink, all right, and I'm like, 30 minutes before I gotta leave the house to get to the airport, I'm like, you have gotta be fucking kidding me, right? So I call up, you know, 24-hour emergency plumber. Yep. I said, listen, I need somebody here now. Well, sir, oh, there's a there's a minimum uh, fee. It's going to be, you know, $50 or whatever to send somebody yep. out now. He said, fucking get somebody here. I don't care what it takes. <laughs> you know, this nice kid comes over, you know, starts trying to explain to me, well, the problem is it's not just your, uh, it's not just your valve. It's the... It's the whole faucet. You know, I'm going to have to replace the whole fucking thing. I'm like, what do I got to do? Do I have to go to Home Depot and buy another? Well, I got another one in a truck. Great. Go fucking get it. Well, it's going to be an extra 300. Get the fucking thing in here and replace the fucking faucet immediately. I don't care. I'll pay you. I'll pay you $10,000 if that's what it costs. <laughs> I can't get on this fucking airplane in, in four hours knowing that there's a leak coming under my sink. So the point is it makes life a little bit easier, right? Take the fucking carpet. Yeah. Put it somewhere. I don't care what you do with it. I don't care if you blast it off into fucking the asteroid belt between Mars and Jupiter. Fix the fucking faucet. I don't care if you got to put a, you know, the leg from a Christmas story on top of the fucking faucet thing that lights up every time I go to do the dishes. Just fix it. I'll fucking give you a check, whatever it is. So life gets easier a little bit. But then all of a sudden you wake up in the morning, man, and you're like... Man, I'm making these same fucking mistakes I was making when I was at fifty grand. Now that I'm at yep. whatever you are, several million. So, what would you pay, Lucci? Yep. What would you pay to fucking be able to fix all of those mistakes of yours and to just level up? What would you pay? And that's the question, Chris. And I think that's going to be the next hundred years of our development. That's going to be the next hundred years of industry and business. What is the answer to that question on every single problem that human beings have? What would we pay 
what would we pay to fix some of those things? Because that's going to be the conclusion that all of us come to, that all of us are coming to, no matter how woke you fucking think you are. Those are the those are that's the conclusion that you are going to arrive to now because we live in capitalism because we live in this world and I want to talk to you about capitalism so badly on this particular podcast because this is another conversation I keep having left and right um, that's the question my friend and and to 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 my answer to that question Chris is all the money that I fucking have right now is every motherfucking dime that I have right now and I've been able to tell myself. I've been able to kind of get over the money hurdle in the sense that, you know, to me, if I make another hundred thousand, two hundred, whatever, if I make another million, like it doesn't fucking matter. All I want to make money for now is to finance the projects, you know, that I, I feel passionate about and do what I want to do. That's it. It's just the tool. Do what, you know, do I derive any other value <laughs> from it besides, you know, being able to friggin you know throw out a damn rug that got wet <laughs> and buy the shit again you know fine okay i'll take that you know i'll take my toys and i'll enjoy myself and i'll also give back i'm also doing a lot of that as well that makes me feel really good too you know but that's the question chris right there how much would you fucking pay because at some point you're going to realize that to change your habits to get to that place that you want to go it's fucking hard. And right. to me, the conclusion for most human beings is what is the motherfucking quick fix? How much do I have to pay? And because we live in capitalism, business is going to look at that and be like, all right, if, if the technology fits and we're, we have the supercomputers, we got the brain chips, we got AI, we got all this kind of shit going on. Now, maybe, maybe we can start solving that problem. And any human being who has any bit of money in their motherfucking pocket who has any bit of, of consciousness is going to pay out the fucking ass for all of that shit. It doesn't matter what problem yeah. they're having. <laughs> that's what they're going to pay. Because the happiness isn't isn't the money. It's the uh, you know, it's the it's the function. It's the you know, it's the waking it's, up and feeling exactly. enlightened. It's the being able exactly. to do what you want. What is he saying? How high? He's like, all I want to do is develop my herb in a real lab and get some head while I'm doing and it. Get some head while I'm doing it. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. He didn't, you know? he didn't want a million dollars. You know what I mean? He didn't want five million. He just wanted to smoke weed. He just wanted to grow his uh, shit and, you know, tend to his but body. Here's, but, but, Chris, we know, and here's where the movies will always sell us short. It's just a great idea. And then when he's in the lab of developing his herb, getting head while he's doing it, he's going to be sitting there like, damn, I need a second girl giving me head right, right now. Damn, right. I need another lab right now. Damn, I should build this other thing right now. And all the desires, they just keep coming. They keep coming. They keep coming. They keep coming. So the true answer, if you really wanted one, is how do you control those desires? How do you not have any of them? You know, but now we're talking about freaking becoming Buddha at this point. And well, and I think that there's something that to be said for that. I mean, look, I read stuff by guys like Thich Nhat Hanh all the time. Sure. You know, sure. Pema Chodron, all these Buddhist monks, because I'm yep. constantly, that's one of the things that I'm constantly trying to uh, embrace is this not wanting anything. And I think to myself, well, I, you know, I should be, I am, by the way, I am very happy with what I have. You know, I got a condo, yeah. I got a car, I got food yeah. and I got water. And I'm pretty much like great conversation like this, like this, this conversation yeah. we're having right now, this means more to me than any trade yep. would ever mean to me. Like these things hold real value to me. And 
I look at people like that, though, and I think, man, my goal is to just kind of curb and stop my wants at, at a certain point. They have kind of dropped the entire suit of armor off of wanting anything. You know, Thich Nhat Hanh eats like three bowls of rice a day and he sits and he breathes and he talks. And that's like, you know, he does the bare minimum of like yep. uh, what he needs to do and what he needs to use to exist as a human solely enough to function to the point where he can just meditate and and think about things. And that's it. You know, he's not worried about the, the semi-annual Toyota sale. You know, like it's just so to 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 be able to really strip yourself down to that uh foundation, that's just I mean that that's that's gotta be that's gotta be part of the goal, right? That's gotta be part of the yeah. I think it is. I think it is. I, I just think most human beings. Because then everything I, you actually, get is a bonus. Exactly. But actually, I know, I know that most human beings cannot reach this level. They cannot reach that level. They can't even all talk they about can it. reach. They can't all- even talk. <laughs> seriously, they can't even conceptualize. Forget about reaching it. <clears throat> I mean, they can't. They can't conceptualize the benefits that that could even hold or even think about it. And and a lot of people, yeah. it's not their fault. They just. They, they, they just can't yeah. do it. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, uh, uh, I agree. I agree. I agree. And and before I before I miss the money conversation, I like I gotta I got I gotta hate capitalism, man. We gotta hate capitalism, man, because you know I have. And my bad to switch this up like this, but yeah, it, it all it all have it for us. It all has something to do with each other, money, life, and all this kind of stuff, man. Every single a lot of conversations that I'm having, especially down here in Puerto Rico, because. Puerto Rico is Puerto Rico is, is the last colony, right? And that's the that's the buzzwords that a lot of Puerto Ricans are are are, are kind of screaming and being like, dude, make us a make us a you know make uh, make us either our own country or make us a part of the United States, right? And then you look back at the history of how United States has used you know Puerto Rico to its advantage for whatever the case may be it was during war times it was it was during you know i don't even know the exact history of all of it now it's for pure capitalistic reasons pharmaceutical companies getting tax breaks people getting tax breaks you know to come down here move business so that there's jobs down here and all this kind of stuff so that conversation is is at the height of its of its peak right now, man, in 2020. And there's so many people that I talk to on a daily basis that are like, fuck capitalism, fuck capitalism, it's the worst system, blah, blah, blah. And then on the other side of it, I'm me, man. I'm me. I'm 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 active, I'm an active freaking capitalist. You want to call it something else, like, okay, we're social capitalists. You know, call it whatever the hell you want to call it, but I'm in the camp of, hey, let's build something. Let's, uh, you know, let's let's try to create some jobs. Let's, uh, you know, let's do the best we can with the money that we create. And you know, you we we live on this. We live on both sides, man. And I want to get your opinion. I want to get your opinion. I want to I want to hear what you have to say about capitalism right now in 2020 with all the people that you have on the podcast, with all the money talk that you do. You know, where do you sit on, 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 on capitalism right now, bro? Well, if you want to take it, if you want to strip capitalism down to the very, very, very like core pillars and you want to make an argument for, you know, capitalism is the, is the problem, you have to kind of think of, all right, well, what would need to happen? What would the human race need to look like for us to maintain a 
quality of life and move forward, uh, you know, communistically or socialistically or, you know, and, and the, I think what hap- what would happen if you started with a blank slate of 7 billion people on earth and yep. nobody was doing anything and nobody owned anything. So it's like, all right, well, how do you get food for these people to survive? How do you get, right. uh, you know, things for these people to live? And I'm not even talking about amenities. I'm not talking about tartar control toothpaste. I'm not talking yeah. about flat screen TVs. I'm talking about how do we, how do we get homes for everybody? How do we get those right. three bowls of rice for everybody to have the bare minimum to survive on a daily basis. What's going to be the most effective way to do that? You know, you, you would have to create a system of buy-in for people to believe that they are all contributing to the greater good. And then a lot of it kind of goes to behavioral analysis, right? Will, will 7 billion people of sentience at some point, not venture off and and say, well, you know, look, we've got the more fertile land here and we're yep. growing at a rate that's twice as much rice yep. as the guy next to us. So what the fuck are we doing handing it all out when we could be eating like kings, right? Is that thought right. ever going to creep up just as a consequence of normal human psychological behavior? And I right. think it, I think it does. I think naturally it does. So then you have the choice of do you harness that behavior and embrace it and use it to generate productivity and generate a quality of life and incentivize, you know, uh, the best possible allocation of resources or, or do you try to fight that? Um, and, 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 and then, you know, then you start talking about, all right, well, you are, uh, what are the mechanisms you need to, to usurp, power and usurp uh uh you know to kind of impose authoritarianism on the people that want to venture off uh in this other direction of greed or whatever you want to call it right and <clears throat> that has messy consequences too as you know the history of socialism and communism has uh has shown right that's what leads to yeah. labor camps that's what leads to tens of millions of people dying so uh, i don't think it's it's difficult for me to f- think of a system that yeah. and capitalism has flaws, just as socialism, communism, and any other ism of course, ha- has flaws. Of course, right? it, and it I feeds think- you know it feeds those kind of emotions. I mean, you said it right there. Is that you know, let's say you you we, you you go back to scratch, and somebody has the privilege of 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 being on a more fertile land. Are they going to make that choice? And then as soon as that person makes that choice, because they're wired, you know, in a particular way. You know, that's when the exploitation comes. Right. And that's where the focus on the bottom line comes. That's where competition comes. That's where all this stuff starts to happen. And if you look at those as as sort of negative, you know, as a a sort of negative connotation, then, yeah, somebody's getting exploited to produce output just like when capitalism started and you know you know now you have industrialization now you have this whole globalization we're using you know labor force in india or sri lanka for two dollars a freaking hour to produce goods that are worth freaking a hundred dollars over here so we can make a butt ton of money you know so that's going to happen but that happens at a pretty large fucking scale and that's why everybody's so fucking pissed off man 
Well, and I think <clears throat> a large part of the problem now is that the central banking model globally <clears throat> constantly widens the inequality gap and allows yep. for the bifurcation of wealth globally and under the guise of doing the right thing. And I think this is where, you know, me and a lot of woke Democrats and, you know, far left leaning people would agree. We, we would agree that the inequality gap is widening and there's not a whole hell of a lot we would agree on, but we would agree on that. You know, they blame capitalism wrongly. I blame what's really crony capitalism, right? Which is, in, in, in lack of a better term, is socializing losses and privatizing profits, which is what's sure. happening, all right? When you sure. think about the fact that Elon Musk's net worth is up yep. $100 billion this year, his net worth, <laughs> okay, which is something like two or three times what the company's entire market cap was, Tesla's entire market right. cap was last year, People from the outside looking in say that's the problem with capitalism. These fucking stock option, you know, programs and Elon Musk yep. is worth this much and he's still moving yep. from California and he doesn't want to pay his fair share and this, that, and the other. I can understand how that looks fucky from the outside looking in. But the fact is that that massive wealth accumulation doesn't happen if the central banks don't come in and prop up the entire market and encourage yep. You know, uh, rewarding companies that don't consistently produce cash and uh, that are kind of you know the valuations on these companies is absolutely insane. So without but that- is the but is the goal for the central banks to do it? I mean, and again, we could get in a whole freaking conversation about this. But is the central goal for the central banks to to do this is just to continue this whole dog and pony show? And and that we just because of fear. Right. So because of that fear, because of any fear of recession, we have to create this policy. And that's what we're going to do. And as a and and as a result, it's not even the fear of stupid valuations. It's not even the fear of recession. It's the it's the fear of the perception of a recession as as indicated by markets. We're in fucking recession right now. We're in a fucking depression right now. We really are. I mean, there is crazy shit, man. You should follow Russell Okung on Twitter if you don't. The shit that this guy says very fucking matter-of-factly, you know, that people are just being forced to shut down their businesses. The government, you know, social media companies are banning videos where doctors say to take vitamins to battle a virus. Like, what yep. the fuck is that? We're talking about fucking vitamins, right? Yeah. You, you can't tell somebody to go out and take a fucking vitamin right now. Like, that's where we're at. But the point is, it's about the perception of the system being held together. And the way that that works is by this printing of trillions of dollars to fucking hold up, to prop up yep. the capital markets, yep. which get, does a couple of things. One, it keeps the richest in the world very rich it keeps it takes a it is a massive reallocation of purchasing power by way of money printing from the middle class from the lower class from everybody else and that you know like ross perot would say you hear a giant sucking sound all of that (laughs) purchasing power winds up 
zapping its way up to the fucking top 1%. Yep. And all you need to do to see this is just Google right now, you know, how much money have the top 100 richest people in the world made during the pandemic? Their collective yep. worth is up like a trillion three, which is exactly yep. <laughs> what the Fed has printed. They printed like three trillion and half of it yep. has gone to the fucking top richest people in the world. So all this, all this fucking scheme is, okay, is a way to kind of show uh you know it's a confidence game hey look the stock market's doing okay so things might not be as bad as they seem hey look your 401k is back up so things aren't as bad as they seem but exactly right the fed has the power lucci tomorrow to wake up and say we have disproportionately allocated purchasing power to the rich and we are going to do a one-time readjustment of purchasing power by printing out X trillion dollars and giving it only to people who make less than X amount, whatever, to write the fucking tables and then say, you know what? We're going hands-off. We're not doing anything else anymore. This is going to be more of a free market situation. We're going to distance ourselves. They could do that tomorrow. That is the morally correct thing to do. About is a, anybody pushing that policy? Is anybody trying to I get am. them? I am. George Gammon talked I mean, about that on, shit but, when I had him yeah. on. So they they can do. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they could do that shit tomorrow. Okay. Yo, would you ever take a bigger role? Would you ever take a bigger role versus you know versus what what you're doing right now and say become like a you know a policy person so you can so you can just yell at a bigger kind of place or or you know something like that do you feel like I think, do you feel I like think you'd I, would, have I think if i was given that? the opportunity i think i would have to i think you would have to because I, i'm not you're actively guy, pursuing but it but you're starting to be that guy bro i don't think so <laughs> oh man but oh, but man. the point is look the point is that this is what's happening Okay, it is a big black box. Central banks are a big black box to most people in this country and most people in the world. They don't understand how they work. They don't understand how inflation works. They don't. I mean, even the politicians, the Democrats saying, well, we should bail out this state and this state and this state. It's like, where's the fucking money coming from, dickhead? Like the the government is fucking broke. You have to print it. And what happens when you print it? You destroy you further push your boot on the neck of the people that you are supposedly fighting for, right? You suppose, and you're, you're chosen, you're elected. These people are elected to do that. That, that. That's what the government was supposed to do, man. So, yo, all right, so let's fast forward this. What happens to government? You know, what could we see? Are you really thinking of some some world where where it really gets catastrophic so to speak and there's some freaking civil war type situations Bro, are you things even, are, are you catastrophic right now we have oh, the government telling people that they we have a vaccine in our hands right yep. now and governments are shutting down small businesses as we yep. speak they fucking, yep. the vaccine is in our fucking hands and they're telling yep. my local bar owner they can't open the bar I mean, yep. I when you yep. step back and you look at what's going on, okay, yeah. this is, and I don't, I always say this, I don't want to trivialize the deaths. I don't want to yeah. trivialize the, you know, how careful we need to be with people with vulnerabilities and people with Im- immunodeficiencies and the people that, you know, I, I don't want to trivialize any of that, you know, 
But for a virus with a 99.95% infection fatality rate under the age of 70, we cannot shut down the country. It is just, it's again, these politicians that think that they know better, like the Democrats. Well, we'll just bail out the states. It's like, with what? With what? Oh, well, we'll (laughs) we'll just shut down businesses and we'll just pay them. With what? (laughs) <laughs> With what? Never mind the multidimensional argument of, okay, like we're incentivizing people to not produce. Like, ne- you don't even want to go meta on it. Or, I mean, that's not even meta. It's just common sense. But you, you don't even expect them to understand that. It's you just, you got a bunch of people incapable of critical thinking on a fucking yep. ego trip, incapable of yep. understanding complex systems and complex situations that are eager to take action just willy-nilly to make it look like they're doing something okay so let me let me let me shift this conversation to the next point right it's like when because you see of- this is like when you see aoc at one of those congressional hearings and she starts yeah. she starts yelling at a banker for something and, and you start to yeah. realize well she doesn't really even know what the point is she's trying to make she's just kind of asking right. these you know very indignant sounding well well who funded the oil gas line sir you know it's like well uh right we did well how could you how could you find that acceptable well we're in the business of making loans well that's just insane you know that, what is going on in the world of finance <laughs> <laughs> and it's and, and that stuff gets play right now because people don't understand you just want to kind of look at something to blame and it's very easy to all right but let's let's go here for a second man Right now, because it's 2020, right, because everybody is so fearful, because, you know, everybody also just doesn't trust the government now to 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 do these things. Right. What are you seeing you, and where I'm where I'm living right now, Puerto Rico and and, you know, and so many different places, people are starting to build their own little communities and call them whatever the hell you want to call them, right? Call them freaking, you know, socialist, uh, 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 you know, group group camps or you know whatever the hell you want to call it yeah exactly communes people are setting these up left and right chris right left and right and you know what i'm seeing through some of these places is that is that again because we're so used to what we're used to we're so programmed is that people still can't accept the idea of anything else of any other sort of system of a of a locally kind of governed situation and, you know, you still see that fighting. You still see that people to people kind of, you know, inability to connect because we're all we're all so used to this particular system. We're all so used to this individ- individualistic way of life that even these communes right now can't figure the shit out. People are always dropping off. Good leadership is always always, you know, fucking up, disappearing, misappropriating funds, blah, blah, blah. You know, and then you'll see these communes. You see the people in these communes kind of just jumping from commune to commune to commune looking for a place to get it right. What's your I guess <laughs> what's your thought or what's your opinion here on that type of model and the fact that it is just popping up left and right? First of all, have you seen have you seen any of these models pop up? Well, I think the response on a community level in many places is indicative of what the actual solution should be, which is trusting the people with right. the ability to make the decisions that are going to be best for them, best for their family, best for their community, sure. best for their friends, uh, and not thinking that the government has to act with this broad stroke to tell every person. I mean, just think about the idea of a government telling 
hundreds of millions of people, all of whom come from different ages, races, colors, creeds, health status, ethnicities, sexualities, families, religions, that they're just going to have this broad stroke solution for everybody. And the, the answer is, there is no broad stroke solution for everybody. You have to, the government has to put some trust back in the people. And that's, you know, to what you're saying, I see things like that in my local community. I see businesses that tell their customers, hey, uh, government shut us down, but we're not really shut down. Come in through the fucking back door and we'll give you right, your, right, right. we'll give you your eggplant parm. Like we always do and whatever, right. you know, and that's this, I, we're going to see that more and more and more, the more the government tries to infringe on people's lives. And the, the great news is there's too many people in the country for the government to be able to control everybody. So if it gets yep. to a point where they put so much pressure on people to, uh, you know, to to end their livelihoods, or people feel like their families are going to suffer, or their friends are going to suffer. They're going to act. I mean, hopefully, the government learns a lesson from that. So it doesn't surprise me to hear that there's this community kind of response that's developing, even if it isn't yeah. effective right away. I mean, look, you saw Dave right Portnoy yeah. and Marcus Lemonis yesterday, both of whom disagree with the government shutdowns. And what did yeah. they do? Marcus Lemonis challenged Dave Portnoy on Twitter. It said, "Put up five hundred grand." I saw grand. that tweet. Yeah, put up yeah. five hundred grand, and I'll do the same. And we'll start supporting the businesses right. that are getting fucked yeah. by the shutdown, right? So the people yeah. start to band together. Man, we have the fucking power. We have the yeah. power. We run the businesses. Yeah. We drive the cars. We pump the gas. We fucking dig the ditches. We, yeah. you know, we. We unclog the clogged toilets. We do the roofing. Yeah. You know, we yeah. have the power. The people have the power. So uh, I think therein lies the solution. Yeah. And you talk about Yo. all those problems we just talked about. States needing to balance their budgets and all that shit. Well, what's the answer yeah. to that? And the country needing to balance its budget? Just cut the fat. Yeah. Cut the fat. That's what it is. Yeah. You know, we don't need a government a department of everything. All right. And I buy a slice of pizza and I am trying to decide whether or not to put grated Parmesan cheese or chili peppers on it or garlic salt, I don't need to consult. I don't need the government division of toppings to uh, weigh in with their opinion on how I should be eating my pizza, right? Yeah, yeah. Now, would you live in a commune? Would you Would you throw – well, not throw away. Would you collectively accept the fact that Hey, you know, this this particular lifestyle or whatever is too stressful. It's too, you know, it's 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 too much it's too much being told shit that we don't believe in. Would you live in a place like this? Let's say it's like a 200-person commune and, you know, food is is readily available and everybody's looking to do that 100% sustainable farming right now at these communes, of course. So you need that kind of level of level of, uh, of of intelligence experience there. You need these people, you know. But you have to have everybody buy into that system. Do you buy into that system, and would you live at any of these places? Could would I train jujitsu? I mean, of course you could. You could, could train jujitsu in the in the dopest places in I, the world. Could I fall in love? My man, of course. Actually, that's the best place to fall in love. Well, then then there's a, there's a case for it. I, I would have to. I would have to unsnap my mind out of the tunnel vision that it's in, though, now, which is being accustomed to the quality of life that I have, accustomed to the grind, accustomed to the hustle, accustomed to all the things we're doing, like talking right now, this shit. I mean, it's Sunday morning. Yeah. 
You know what I mean? You know, yeah. Some people are like, oh, I'd like to sleep till 11. I'm like, I'd like to get up and have 15 cups of coffee and scream at you <laughs> on a podcast. Um, so I don't know. I think there would be some mental gymnastics involved. But if, if I could train jujitsu, which means a lot to me, um, and I could yeah. have three squares and a bed to sleep and just fucking yeah. meditate during the day, I think there's a case for that. Um, am I prepared yeah. to do it tomorrow? That answer is no. What about you? Would you? I mean – we're building it, Chris. We're building it. I'm, I'm a part of a project that is building it. And sometimes I can't believe it. Sometimes I can't. And it, it's not it's not it's not even close to being built yet. But that's the idea. That is the premise. And I believe that it is possible. You know, but again, guess who I am? You're I mean, building you're at, a commune. I mean, for lack of a better word, and again, don't get caught up on the definitions of these with, words or whatever. With alienware but computers and Red Bull in well, the fridge. At this point, no, you know, none of that <laughs> should exist. But it's just, it's just a, it's just a plot of land that has been donated, basically, and we're 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 building structures so that you know people can come and live, people can come and and enjoy the, 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 the labor of the land, you know, enjoy what the, the, the land produces. And remember, we're talking about Puerto Rico here. This, this land happens to be the most fertile land, you know, all over the place. And the, the amount of water that exists on this island is ridiculous. So, you know, you kind of look at the situation like, okay, the land has everything that you need. And all we got to do is stop fucking fighting each other, stop being in such, you know, competition with each other and just be and just exist now you're talking to a man who is a fucking trader at the same time who has multiple fucking businesses so i i am honestly probably one of the most contradicting motherfuckers that exists or that you know one of the most contradicting motherfuckers that exists because here i am dancing around you know with multiple businesses trying to make money so i can fund you know these 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 little things but where do my sentiments lie, right? Where do I, where does my soul lie, right? Does it lie in the game? Does it lie in, in, in all this? Or is it just the fact that I have the opportunity to do these things and I'm going to feed these things? And that's it, man. So I don't know, man. What Could do you, I do it? What do you want to do? Like if tomorrow is a th- fucking Wednesday, okay, yeah. and I say to yeah. you, Lucci, yeah. you can do anything you want tomorrow okay you can't trade you can't go into the office you can't sell amazon calls you can't do anything that requires money you can't you don't worry about your meals let's just say you're full up for the day with food and water and you have a blank slate what what do you do yeah it's legit tennis it's so for you it's jujitsu for me it's tennis. It's tennis. It's it's reading. It's just talking, you know, amongst my friends. It's it's really this, you know, similar to you, bro. That's it. That's literally it. That is it. Yeah. That is it. And like you said, love the love of a of a you know of a partner. Yeah. What is it? What is it about tennis that you like? What is it about what? What is it about tennis that you like? Oh, bro, it's, it's, you know, I make the same analogies as you do. Like, it's just the mind game of it. It's the peaks and valleys of the, of the game. It's the, it's the mind, you know, it's the, it's the adjustments, the, the, the on the fly adjustments that you have to make to your spin, to your angles, to your uh, power, you know, your footwork, 
you know, it's, it's, it's kind of like a, if you're, if you're in that sort of flow state, your mind and your body are one. And then it's just pure instinct. It's pure instinct at that moment. And then it's just, it's just trying to reach to that level. And that's, that's literally it, man. And I love, I just love the game. man. I love the game. Yeah. So you're looking for an enlightenment through tennis. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. That's it. Yeah, you know, but again, but again, have I tried that? Absolutely. I've tried several weeks where I'm not trading and I ain't doing shit. And all I'm doing is playing tennis, reading, meditating, and just going out and, you know, with friends and having, having a good time. Now, has that been a great, have, have, has that been great moments in my life? Absolutely. But I'm still back. I I still come back (laughs) to wanting, to wanting something else because something else comes around and it's like, okay, yeah, I, maybe I could want this and I'll, and I'll fumble around with it for a while. Right. I might fumble around with an idea for like a year, you know, do I want this? Do I not want this? Do I want this? Do I not want this? And all of a sudden after a year, it's like, okay, yeah, fuck it. Let's do this. And then whatever that is, you know, making the decision to say, fuck it, let's do this. It's easy. It's easy front facing, you know, it's like falling in love, you know, and falling in love. It's easy. It feels amazing. We, you know, when it's, when it, when it's there, it, you know, the initial stages that euphoria that we feel, man, it's, it's just, it's so wild. And then it's, it's, it gets difficult. Then it gets difficult. Then it gets bigger than you. Then it gets bigger than just the two of you. Then it gets just, it just keeps going because we are wired the way that we're wired, man. And we want, we want other things. We have other desires. We have other, you know, shit. And then it just gets fucking messy, Chris. It gets fucking messy, bro. Well, I think there's a duality there, right? You want to have that Zen of tennis and meditation and conversation and calmness and kissing the earth with each step that you take and you know (laughs) all all of that good stuff but i think it's in our nature too to our evolutionary biology right we're wired for challenge we're wired for conflict we're wired for as jordan peterson says you know bearing the bearing the burden of suffering uh, and I think yes. you get those things from going yeah. back to uh, going back to trading, and and at, while at the same time, in a very practical and realistic way, making the capital that you need to continue to afford yourself the time to go back and take three weeks off to meditate and play tennis. Isn't it crazy that that's the the but that's the rational that's the rational explanation that we come to. So okay, I got to work my ass off so that I can enjoy those three weeks so that i can enjoy those four weeks so what if we take all that out the equation is what i'm saying chris what if we take it out you know and you have this ability to not deal with it and it goes back to capitalism right i mean what if there was no competition chris what if there was no competition it was literally just but then i can't even imagine that world because how does anything get done how does any, how does anybody get motivated to do anything man we are motivated to solve fucking problems that's it that's all we do that's what a business is yo i'm sitting there like i just bought a starter for the car like i went into a freaking advanced auto parts and bought a starter for the car one of my boys came over and showed me how to how to install the thing and you know i'm just sitting there looking at all these damn car parts and i'm looking at all these this heavy machinery i'm looking at all this all these problems that human beings have figured out because of capitalism like okay we have this issue with this fucking tv all right let's make this new one okay we have this glass issue over here okay let's make a fucking new one let's figure this shit out let's make a fucking new 
one. Look at all the shit that we build, man. Look at where we are. Look at what humans have done. It's insane, bro. It's fucking insane, man. And then to just to just throw away that the motivation that creates the solutions to these problems. I don't even I don't I don't understand it. Well, at the very core of it, capitalism rewards people coming up with products or services that solve other people's problems. People exactly. think, oh, it's about greed. It's not about greed. It's about coming up with the answers to addressing other people's problems, believe it exactly. or not. Uh, exactly. But people you don't know, see that. And, and I've long said, too, that the, a big problem with the woke culture is that that is the part there. There's a part of the equation that's missing, right? You have all these people that are in their early 20s, late teens that are raging against the machine they yes. are fight, and by the way, there are some things to uh, to get pissed about. I'm not I'm not denying yeah. it, but let's just say in general to rage against capitalism while enjoying the benefits of capitalism on the daily. You know, they get in their Prius yep. to while enjoying they, the benefits of capitalism right. on a and, daily. And the basis. the missing link for a lot of these numbskulls is that they don't understand that if they tear down the system as it exists today, taking the good with the bad, whatever, throwing the baby yep. out with the bathwater, their yep. quality of life and the things they don't even think about. Nobody thinks about, wow, I got a choice between cell phone providers, so I'll go to the one that has the best service for my area, right? Sure. People don't think about, well, what would it be like if we had one state-mandated cell phone provider and the service happened to suck in my area. Well, fucking I wouldn't have cell service where I live. People don't think of those little uh, analogs, those little microcosms of what would happen to their quality of life if the system were just to disintegrate as we know it. So that's like the missing link a lot of for a lot of these people. A lot of them are working on the foundation and the assumption that life as they know it, right? Many of whom... Uh, are well off, some of whom aren't, but still get to enjoy the power of being a consumer, the power to vote with what little money they have, the quality of the products and the lifestyle that they lead. Even if it's on the poverty line or below the poverty line, it still may not be as good under a system where everything is torn down. And I think yep. people don't yep. realize that by fighting against the system, they're essentially... Uh, advocating for pulling the rug out from underneath their own quality of life in many ways. And I, you know, right, that needs right. to be explained. Well, maybe they want that, Chris. Maybe they want that, Chris. And then also, nobody, nobody fucking I, wants that. <laughs> nobody, yo, I'm telling up, you, nobody wants up. it. The only way, though, to figure any of these things out, because in life it's the same way, the only way I've figured anything out is by hitting the motherfucking floor face first, right? So, what if that's the solution right there, man? We just see it. We just see it fucking the rug getting pulled. And now everybody has to figure it out for themselves. It's an ugly fucking truth. But that's what other truth is there? What other way is there? What are you going to lightly scroll back? I mean, I hear what you're saying on on all the Fed would have to do is kind of redistribute this wealth. You know, maybe that would patch it up for a good amount of time. Correct. And then if you were to shift to. A, a social capitalistic world. I don't even know what that. They would could look even like. say Plus, going even forward after shit? after making a one time correction. They could even say going forward that all right, you know, future stimulus plans are yeah. going to be divided evenly amongst all people in the country. That's it. Sure. And you would have some people that would complain. Hey, look, everybody's getting twenty thousand dollars, including Jeff Bezos. Yeah, fucking including Jeff Bezos. Here's twenty thousand. Right. 
Bezos will do the right thing and probably turn around and donate it to charity or whatever. You know, one millionaire, billionaire will lead the way. People do the right things generally, like Portnoy and Limonis are doing, right? But then at least, you know, everybody else is getting a fair shake. Now, again, something I've said for months, they've printed about $30,000 per person, and everybody has received $1,200. Twelve hundred bucks. Yeah. What the fuck is bucks. that? Twelve hundred bucks. Yeah. And and these Shit, dickheads man. in Congress, every day you see the same headlines I do on the terminal. They're they thinking about it. They're agreeing. The talks are on. The talks are off. McConnell wants this. Pelosi wants this. Yep. <laughs> you know, it's been like a fucking six month circle jerk trying to figure out how to get this second wave of stimulus done. Meanwhile, the fucking pandemic is on its last legs. You know, yep. we've got the vaccine in our hands. It's like, yep. and you think government is the efficient way to get things done? You got all these fucking idiots standing around in Congress. They can't even get a second stimulus bill done because of, because yep. of egos and policies and all this nonsense and bullshit. So yeah. against that backdrop, does dividing the money evenly and just distributing it evenly really look like that dumb of a solution? I was arguing with this with somebody about this on Twitter a couple months ago. You know, oh, it's just a simple solution. You're not thinking about the complexities. No, I am thinking about the complexities. But what the government doesn't understand and what a lot of people don't understand is the solution doesn't always have to be complex. We're ignoring right. we're ignoring common sense, simple solutions to problems under the guise yeah. of doing more shit is going to be the, uh, you know, more intellectually ripe uh, solution. So, I, you know, I fucking give up. I really do. <laughs> but you don't, man. You eat this shit up. Yo, I really think you should pursue something, you know. I don't know, man. I'd like to see you on freaking CNN, you know, and, and, and just debating in a panel or some shit like that. It would be fun. I would do that. Would I would love to do that. CNBC won't yeah. have me on. So they're they really the won't have you on. I mean, you sent them a media package and everything. They won't have you on. Dude. I got a recommendation to be on the air yeah. on CNBC by one of the most well-known uh, people in the industry who mm-hmm. gets airtime whenever they want it. Yep. And this is years ago. This is years ago. Yep. And uh, what I was told from this person, I don't know if it's true or not, but what I was told, this would be hearsay in a court of law, is that you know I would be too much of a, quote, wild card to have on the air. Yeah. I said, well, right. it's true. It's true, but it's all about yeah, but timing. We need wild so just cards. try it again, bro. Try it again, bro. Just try it again I'm and again and again. I'm not trying shit. I've got oh, my podcast, on, okay, and you can fucking <laughs> listen if you want. And if you don't want, that's fine too. You know, I just punt the shit out to the internet, and every anybody who wants it can take it. And people that don't, I don't have all day, Lucci, to be sitting around jaying off a bunch of fucking producers from. By the way. <laughs> Network television is completely irrelevant anyways anymore, right? Yeah, I, mean, I agree. Media I agree. is agree. just you, streaming yeah. and podcasts. Yeah, you could find other uh, yeah, no doubt, no doubt, no doubt. I'm just saying it would be it would be really dope to see you in a in a in a, in a larger capacity. And I think it's coming anyway. I think it's coming anyway. That opportunity is gonna come knocking and you're gonna be on a much bigger stage saying the eh, same things that you're saying. I don't know. I might I delete just, my Twitter soon. I've I've had enough. I really have. I've had it I've had it. <laughs> Up to my fucking eyeballs. I'm working on other. Means, I'm working on other projects that are doing well. Out. But see, that means we are fucking up, Chris. You see what I'm saying? You see what I'm saying? Like we are so active in what we're doing. We have so much attachment to what we're doing. We can't. We can't just do it actively. 
and 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 not give a flying fuck about anything, right? I mean, if we're if we're that stressed out that we're 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 looking at Twitter like, yo, I gotta get off this thing, or we're looking at Instagram like, yo, I gotta get off this thing, or we're looking at our lives and 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 questioning, you know, the things that we're so active about because we're, you know, we because we're stressed out for whatever reason, you know, maybe you feel this way because nobody's listening, or maybe you feel this way because you know whatever the case is, that means we're fucking up, Chris. That's how. That's what I think. Because if we're so active in this shit and we're still pissed off about it, then we shouldn't be active in this shit, right? I mean, we gotta we, we gotta be in this world and just be stoic, man, and just be fucking stone cold out here, baby. That's what we gotta do, man. At least that's what I. Think. I want to shift gears and do it. Talk about something else before I forget, because do I it. talk about this once in a while when I do your little ad spot on the beginning of the uh, podcast and okay. tell people how much I love you for supporting the podcast. And by the way, I do love you for continuing to support the podcast. We've been friends for a very long time. So, you know, we know I don't know if the listeners know, but we know that you are welcome here anytime, whether or not you support the podcast or not, etc. You know, we go way back. We have a pretty long yeah. history. Um, and. With that history, yeah, I sometimes forget when I am reading Twitter on a daily basis and I'm watching things like unusual options activity happening, sure. which you know everybody has integrated into their services now. Sometimes yep. I say on my podcast, "Oh man, you know Wall Street Jesus and Sanglucci; these guys were kind of the OGs of tracking unusual options activity," and. Yep. I say, well, you know, the first place I ever heard the term sweepers, put sweepers, call sweepers, you know, was yep. from Wall Street Jesus. That yep. is pretty, you guys have defined that lingo. Yep. That is the standard term standard. now in, standard. In, the, in the world of options trading for somebody that comes in and takes yeah. a fucking whack of contracts and- yep. It's been adopted by all of these services and all of these people. And so if I say, oh, we got a call sweeper in Apple, people know exactly yep. what I'm talking about. But yep. very rarely do we yeah. stop and smell the roses and realize, man, that shit was a that's a fucking Wall Street Jesus original, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. He was the one. It really, it really is. I mean, we see shit being not stolen per se. I mean, we, we just shit being, we see shit being repackaged and resold and all that kind of stuff. I mean, every day, that's the name of the business, right? Somebody comes up with something, you know, of value and you know, you're going to get 90 other products here that try to do the same thing. It just is what it is. And it's wild though, man. It's, it's like that. Um, do you remember, um, do you remember there was like a YouTube series called come on son? And like every time it, it was like Ed lover or something like that, just doing, <laughs> doing, doing, doing culture commentary or something like that. So he would see some, some shit that he thought was whack. He would, he would end the series with like, come on son. And then ESPN put on a whole segment saying, come on, man. And it was a whole segment that, yeah, they, did, that, that they were in for like years, man. Just come on, man. And that came from Ed Lover, man. So, you know, did he ever get his props? He never got his fucking props. I mean, how much just that's what happens in the industry and in the world all the fucking time. But you were, Do really, I care? you were really a trendsetter, man. Man. Yeah. You know, and then again, to your to the same point that I threw at you, like if if that's the case, right? If that's the case, right, and I'm blazing trails out here and I'm trying to you know, do things differently and, and, and do things my way. And all of a sudden people start paying attention and start doing it that way as well. 
you know, is it right to get pissed off about it and say like, yo, where's my credit, man? I mean, I could choose to go down that route, right? And start yelling out here like, yo, we were the first ones to do it. Yeah, but who gives a fuck about credit? Who gives a shit about credit? Who gives a shit about credit? But you I know what credit you. is? What is credit? It's two people that don't give a shit about credit having a three-minute long discussion about it right now on this podcast and taking a second <laughs> to perk the ears up of some people that have no clue what kind of contribution you made to tracking unusual yeah. options activity over the last yeah. decade with yeah. little knowledge of the fact that you guys really pioneered that. You guys and I think Open Outcryer were like the first people to do it. But I remember watching you do it first yep. when I first signed up on Twitter and then Open Outcryer yep. was uh, yep. next. Nobody yep. else was doing it. Yep. It was me and him. Literally me and Ryan, man. Literally me and Ryan, man. I love Ryan too, man. He's yeah, a he's dude. a high-quality individual. He's one of my favorites. He's- it's a good dude, man. And he just knows what he knows and he does what he does. He's the same as Wall Street Jesus, you know? They're one and the same, man. You know? So, you know, it's yeah, man. Took deep blazing trails. I appreciate that, man. I appreciate the call out, man. I do. I do. Yo, I got a call from these ex prop traders the other day. And they they literally call and I've never had this happen to me ever, bro. They literally called me to be like, listen. We, you need you need capital, you need programmers, you need this, you need this, and you don't have any of it. And again, like I thought they were going to invest in my fund. They offered to buy the whole shit. They offered to buy everything. They offered to take my my personal shit. They offered to take the hedge fund. They offered to take fucking trade space. They offered to take the whole shit, man. They offered to take it all. And I'm like, li- I'm listening to this conversation like, what the fuck is going on here, man? What in the flying fuck is going on here, man? And they offered to, to take Sangalushi, to take the whole shit, and I couldn't even believe I was having the conversation. But just the fact that that call even happened, right? and just the fact that you know these things are starting to happen right now. I mean, shit, I chose to put these things in motion, and this is what the outcome is, right? So why be surprised? Shit, yeah, it's a weird want, feeling, isn't it? People want me, man. People want you. People want me. Yo, just is what it is, man. Now, does it matter? Who fucking cares, man? <laughs> Who gives a flying fuck, you know, at the end of it all? But shit, we chose to do this. We chose to build these things, and we're here right now. You know what I mean? You chose to build what you built, and, and look at where you are right now. I chose to build this and, shit. And there's no, there's no price that I can put on being able to say whatever I want to say whenever I want to say it and do it yeah. on my schedule and the time and place yes. that I want to do it. You know, if I want to do six a month, I'll do six. If I want to do three, I'll do three. First conversation I ever had with somebody that said, oh, we want to invest in the podcast and it was a decent yeah. amount of money. You know, it's not, yeah. was not yeah. a, it was not a small sum. The first conversation I ever had, you know, as soon as it turned to, well, you know, I'd reconsider this guest, that guest, whatever. I had, Fuck it. I, you know, and then I got mad at myself. Like, why am I even entertaining this conversation? You know, <laughs> why am I even entertaining this conversation? People to say, oh, well, I, w- I want to have you on my show. Will you host this thing? Will you host that thing? I'm like, no, I host my podcast. I'm the boss. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. And when that goes away, then I'll go do yeah. something else, you know, but, yeah. but I can't. Yeah. It's, yeah, they were throwing terms on me too, son. They were throwing terms on me already, like in that fucking phone call. They were throwing things at me like, yo, you can't, you know, you would have to do this. You would have to do this. You would have to do this. And yeah. I'm like, I'm like, okay, well, the money's fucking cool. But if I already reached a point where I don't give a flying fuck about any of this shit, right. then it's me that, 
then, right. then it's me. Then it's us that has the power and we can make that decision. The sad part is, is that many a times because of business and because of just the way the shit works is that people don't know they have that power, man. All they have to do is just sit there and do yeah. that one thing that they love, man, that they love. They just have to sit there and just do that one thing, man, and just keep fucking doing it, man. And, and do it the way you want to do it, too. <laughs> And they'll get to these places too, man. You know, and they sell out. They sell out short. Because the way you want to do it, the things that make you up are what, what makes it original. It's what makes it your yeah. shit. You know what I mean? I've explained yeah. before on the podcast, why do I always go saying, Lucci in the motherfucking house? You know, why do I always <laughs> sing shit like that? There's a story behind that where a friend and I went down to Atlantic City one night. This is like in my early 20s. And we had a bottle of Jim Beam. We took the train from Center City, Philadelphia down to Atlantic City, which is like an hour and 55 minute long train ride. And we had the great idea of leaving at, you know, two in the morning or something after we had been drinking all night. And we had a bottle of Jim Beam and we brought the bottle onto the train and we took the train, you know, we're swigging the bottle all the way down to Atlantic City. And by the time we got to Atlantic City, I was so sick and so drunk. The only thing I could think of was getting right back on the fucking train and going back yep, to Philadelphia. Going home. Right. Yeah, but yep, my friend yep. who had a better tolerance for alcohol than I did, you know, I'll, I'll never forget for the rest of my life. We stepped off this train and I didn't know whether to throw up or fall asleep or pass out or get back on the train. And he just looked at me and he was like, I'm ready to get fucked up. Just like that. And I was like, like he was like, he was just getting ready to get started. Right. It was like four in the morning, right? four in the morning. We're fucking toast. And this dude's just ready. I'm ready to get fucked up. And that always stood with me. So when I start doing that shit on the podcast, you know, yeah. that, that comes from a story in my life that, that always makes me exactly. laugh. You know? And exactly. Like, exactly. I can't imagine you, somebody coming up to me and saying, well, we want you to do the podcast, but you can't say you're going to get fucked up anymore. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'll be singing man. that shit when I'm fucking, you know, on my deathbed. I'll be, you know, Yo. 80 years old in the in the hospital bed saying, sir, go, would you like more morphine? That's right, because I'm ready to get fucked up. <laughs> that's what it's about man that's what it's about those moments man and that's all this shit is man I, I and i come back to it man it's just knowledge it's just the experience of these moments man we should be appreciative of each other that we're we're, we're even able to share these moments and 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 take them with us and that's all this shit is man it's just collecting moments and experiences until we're fucking gone man that's it man. gratitude what are you, what are, yeah the gratitude man gratitude sometimes sometimes i'll forget about it man i'm not you know in the middle of the shit i'm not grateful for a goddamn thing man i want to choke somebody out man but you always got to come back to it man. i read in a book one of the uh, mindfulness books i was reading to deal with when you get stuck in those negative emotions when you just realize you know hey you just want to put your fist through a fucking drywall you know you just yeah. and the one word i always think of is fury f u r y i have it tattooed on me somewhere too because as a reminder of what that feeling is of feeling like you're just agitated beyond the point where yeah. you can do anything and i was yep. reading in this one book once at that moment stop and think about the things that you're thankful for. If you can force yourself, you have to like hard reset your, your, your firmware. You got to get in your own head 
and say, just hold back the fucking cavalry of negativity for a second and just say, what am I thankful for right now? You know, and take a deep breath. All right, I got a house, I got a car, I got a family, I got friends, I got this, I got that, whatever. And it's an interesting experiment because a lot of times I find myself on the other side of it just feeling like, you know, 10% less agitated or 20% less agitated than I was. Yeah, yeah. Yo, and, you know, and to, to, to bring it all back full circle is that how much would you pay how much would you pay to get reset without having to do the work? Right. How much would you pay? You know what I mean? And that's the same question that you asked me, and I think that's where we're going, bro. I the, think that's the work the is the journey, though. I, I agree, but nobody – if we've already proven that nobody wants to do the fucking work, no matter how fucking woke they are, and nobody wants to end up doing that work – what are we saying, man? What are we saying? You know us, man. You know human beings, man. You know human beings because you sit there and you will fucking watch them. You sit at the, you sit at the airport before your flight as long as I do, man. You just <laughs> fucking sit there and watch these motherfuckers, man. And what do you think they would pay? Those things are going to exist, man. They will exist. A lot of those That's- people, they don't even know that they're broken. They think that arguing with a guy in line to an airport convenience store where they can have the honor of paying $19 for a fucking chicken chicken salad sandwich that's been sitting there for three weeks. They think that's life. They think that's life. You know? I'll be damned if I'm going to let this motherfucker cut me in line. You know, I saw the chicken salad sandwich first. Take my $19. You know, they they think that's life. It goes back to that James Randi quote. By the way, he just passed away. Rest in peace, brother James Randi. But he said at one point... You know, people will fight vehemently for their right to be victimized. And, yo, uh, yo, that's a fucking quote right there. That is a motherfucking quote right there. It's also we don't the even truth. Know it. it is the truth. That's, that's, it is the truth. Fight vehemently. Unbeknownst, you know, because when you hit that trigger, that's it. You're going to play the victim. It's my problem. It's my problem. You got to solve my fucking problem. Right. You know, that's that's just what it is. Shit, I did that the other day. I did that. I literally did that the other day. And I'm thinking about it right now. I'm like, what a fucking punk, man. Why the fuck did I get there? You know? Yeah. Fucking name. What would I pay, Chris? What would I pay to never have that feeling? I'd pay. I, I would pay. Would I? I don't know. I don't fucking know, man. And then you eat, the, you eat that fucking airport chicken salad. You wind up throwing it up anyways. It's just Yo, the convenience <clears throat> of capitalism, though. The convenience of this capitalist system, man. It's just so convenient, man. You go anywhere. You just get your shit. You just get whatever you want. You just get it. As long as you got money, you just get it, man. And if you don't, you don't have money, it. if you don't have money, you have at least somewhat of a chance of getting some if you want to put – you want to put in the work. Yeah. If you want to put in the torque, it's not easy. You know, it's it not easy. easy. The cost of living is outpacing yep. uh, the cost of uh, or what you get paid, right? Or earnings. Yep. Yep. Undoubtedly. Undoubtedly, yep. it's a skewed playing field yep. with the Fed diverting all of this purchasing power away yep. from the lower middle class. Undoubtedly, it is more difficult now than it has ever been. Undoubtedly. But it's still possible go back and listen to my podcast with evan robinson i did a couple months ago about you know he was in jail for 20 years got out of jail with nothing no credit no fucking car no nothing no this no that no nothing you know what i mean 
yeah. fucking lied to a guy, said he knew how to drive a forklift when he didn't, got a job driving a forklift, worked three jobs, put his shit together, got an apartment, got a credit score, went to Wells Fargo, got a loan as a fucking felon, okay? Yeah. Black yep. guy that had just been in prison for 20 years, convicted yep. felon for armed robbery, gets a fucking loan from Wells Fargo, starts his Wells own Fargo. business, fucking, and just never looks back. He just he just told me the other day he bought a jet ski. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I train with him, right? He's one of my jiu-jitsu partners. He's like, you know, I just bought a jet ski. So, hey, man, I'm telling you, look, the odds might be stacked against you, whether it's, yeah. you know, due to fucking the, the Fed or due to your, uh, you know, religious preferences or due to whatever this, yeah. that, the other thing, but nothing fucking, if you put your nose to the grindstone and you work and you push... And you fucking, if you took everything from me right now, Lucci, I would go yeah. out and I would get two fucking jobs and I don't care yep. if I had to mop floors, wash dishes, yep. fucking serve coffee at Wawa, pump gas at Sunoco. I would work yep. till my fucking head caved in and I would yeah. do enough to put $200 a week away, 250 yeah. a week away, 150 a week away and you stack it up. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you got a thousand, then you got 5,000. Well, then maybe... Yep. You know, maybe you get a little place. Maybe you get an apartment. Maybe you get situated. Maybe you can fucking cut back on one job. Maybe you can invest a little. Maybe you can do this. It's not impossible. You just got to yeah, want to fucking I hustle. Came back, after I came back from New York with nothing and minus half a million dollars in fucking debt, you know, just coming back, living at my fucking parents' house. I was in just depression, bro, for, you know, a year and a half, two years. And then finally you just fucking get back on that horse and you just do the best you can, like you said. Just stack up slowly, slowly. Start with freaking five hundred bucks, a thousand dollars, you know. But then they want to throw out the privilege card, man. Then they want to throw out the privilege card, which again, I'm not knocking it completely. Of course, it it does it does have an argument in this whole world. But fuck, man. Sometimes you just gotta roll up your sleeves and get to work, man. That's you know, it. it's, it's it's tough to make that argument. It's it's really tough. The privilege argument. It's it's it definitely exists, man, but shit. If and half these woke people work. if half the woke people <clears throat> spent half the time that they spend pissing and moaning generating yeah. productivity, their quality yep. of life would improve so much so yep. that I guarantee the other half of their time they spent protesting would be spent right. doing something else like playing tennis or meditating yeah. or you know, yeah. enjoying the fruits of their label. Just half the time. Half there's your, a lot of ignorance. What is your protest? What does your protest yeah. and looting schedule look like? Is it is it ten hours a week? <laughs> you know, <laughs> spend those five hours a week just thinking about. Spend half that time, five hours a week, just thinking about how to be more product productive, and there's and see if that doesn't lend you to a better place than going out and throwing a brick through the fucking window of a Footlocker so you can uh you know abscond with a thirteen dollar t shirt. Okay, what does yeah. that do? The ignorance, I think ignorance is the, is the, is the real problem. But again, you know, the, the privilege and the capitalism does, you know, anti-capitalism, uh, you know, there is the argument of the, the fact that the education is not available in certain communities. Therefore, the ignorance does persist, you know, and, and, and you get that kind of sentiment, you know. So, so it's not like it, it doesn't have an argument or a place. But, yo, in this day and age, it's, tw it's 2020 now. It's time to just... Look at it and be like, all right, what the fuck, man? I might as well fucking work, man. I might as well get to work. Yeah, Shit. I think the education is a good point because I think if people understood how the system worked, not only would yeah. they be able to 
divert their uh, activism towards something more sure. worthwhile, but sure. they also would have a more complete and well-rounded picture of how they need to stick and move and how they need to function and how they need to work yes. in order to yes. st- in order to have success in the fucked yes. up system that we're in. Yeah. So one of the things that I'm trying to do here in Puerto Rico is like is like set up on like a financial literacy kind of program for the schools around here. Puerto Rico is like, you know, the income gap here in Puerto Rico is just it's ridiculous, man. Seven, seven and a quarter minimum wage. You know, you got bartender, you got you got people working at bars getting, you know, four dollars an hour. Obviously, all the bars are shut down now, too. So there's some there's some shit going on down here that it just makes you question. What the fuck is going on, Chris, man? And and I got I got to look at that every single day, man. I got to look at that every single day. And it's making me it's just, you know, similar to you, man. It's it's doing things to me. It's having an effect on me and it's taking its toll on me. Well, you're uh, you're only human and you are you're well-rounded enough and humble enough and smart enough to admit that. And uh, yeah. that's one of the things that I love about you. Like I always say, you post your losses and not just your gains. And not only do you post your losses, but you talk about it. And you talk about it when a lot of that shit is raw. And that's not the only fault that you talk about. You you speak honestly and frankly and openly about your faults as a person and the things you're trying to grow on and the things that you're trying to enlighten yourself with. And uh, I don't know what more you could ask uh, from somebody I just think that's wonderful, and that's why I'm uh, I'm always proud to call you my friend, man. Love you, man. I do love you, Chris. We gotta we got you gotta come down to Puerto Rico so we can hit these boats, man, and enjoy a day. We did some good shit on that podcast about blowing up your trading account. I still get messages about that. You know that? Damn, man, I still see tweets about it. I'll still I'll still see a random tweet about it here and there. You know, every couple of days. You know that that thing will come back, man. So that's that's a big deal, man. I think we, I think we hit the I think we hit the right tone on that one, and, and that's why it's just it just exists. Now I kind of understand too a little bit more about your passion because if we could have if we made that conversation and that conversation became you know the focal point for for somebody to go to to help them out in that same situation, then shit, man, you did what you you did what you set out to do. Yeah, well, I wish, you know, that I had it at certain points and there's certain lectures and certain things that I would go to when I would, you know, and it's not just with trading emotionally too. You know, if I have a bad day, there's certain lectures I'll put on and certain, uh, you know, just motivational shit or Buddhist shit that I'll put on that helps me navigate tough times. And it's so cool that we were able to do that. For people that don't know what I'm talking about, number 166 is called Sang Lucci and QTR Destroying Your Trading Account and Going Broke. And it's a podcast we made uh, specifically for people to come back to uh, anytime uh, they fuck their account up and, <laughs> you know, yeah. and, and fuck things yeah. up at a point where they think it's beyond repair because it's never beyond yeah. repair. Um, it is never beyond repair, ladies and gentlemen. It's never. And so, uh, so I'm grateful for that, man. All right, Lucci. Listen, man, I want to thank you for coming on on a Sunday, brother. It's always enlightening to speak to you, and you turned the tables on me. Kind of made the interview uh, go the other direction there for a little while. I hope I <laughs> hope I wasn't too long winded. But um, how can Not people find you? Get in touch with you if they want to hear more from you. 
Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think the best place right now is is actually probably Instagram. I'm more active on Instagram, to be honest. So it's a, it's, it's kind of a, like a different vibe I have over there. Twitter, like, I just don't like talking about stocks anymore. So people kind of get mad at me, like, because the, they'll be like, dude, why don't you talk, you know, why are you talking about all this other stuff? You're a trader. I, I'm like, I get that. I understand that. But talking about stocks is, I don't want to do it. I just don't, I just don't really want to talk about it fucking the latest move on gsli or the latest move on whatever the freaking <laughs> i just don't want to talk it about went that up. shit so. that's all you need to know <laughs> there's my analysis so yeah, it, yeah instagram hit me up on uh at saying lucci everywhere that's where you can find me all right good shit thanks so much lucci hopefully we'll uh talk soon in 2021 brother all right chris talk to you soon man. all right that was the one and only Sang Lucci in the motherfucking house. But for right now, it's Sunday. Got two hours until NFL. So I got to make some preparations here at home. Certain food and drink accommodations need to happen. Things of that nature. Need to get a workout in, etc. Thank you so much for joining us on a lovely little Sunday. My man Lucci, at Sang Lucci on Twitter. At Sang Lucci on Instagram. Hit him up. Show some love. Check out the Steam Room, which is uh, that piece of software we were talking about earlier that tracks unusual options activity. He was the first to do it, and he's one of the best to do it. Uh, my man, Sanglucci. Right now, I am out. I will catch you in a couple of days. Peace. Peace.